It's Naughty by Natty, baby. Hello, everybody. Back again to uh, listen to my bitch ass talk. So, how was everyone's Halloween? Um, mine was uh, pretty good. Um, actually, I lied. <laughs> Halloween is in two days. So, I'm not going to tell you how my Halloween was until, you know, the next episode, maybe, if I feel like it. But yeah, Halloween hasn't happened yet. I'm pre-recording this. So, ain't shit happening around here. Anyways, so I think I'm going to start off first and do uh, the whole... uh, fuck is it called the zodiac sex trait and um let's go with what haven't we done or have we done it all um capricorn i don't think we've done capricorn if we have then whatever we're doing it again all right Capricorn prefers to plan sexual encounters and then proceed according to plan. A seduction feels like cooperation, foreplay like a warm-up, and intercourse like work. It should take time and it should have a lasting effect. It usually does. Capricorn is proud of making the most of it. It may not be that very romantic unless Capricorn has included that in the plan which only happens if the partner has made the demand for it very clear. In those cases, Capricorn's attempt at romance might be somewhat lacking and overly formal, because that's something Capricorn is not very comfortable with. Instead, Capricorn excels in the act by commitment and perseverance. It should take time and be memorable. Also, it should involve a lot of physical activity, somewhat like a thorough workout. Capricorn is not very experimental. The usual stuff is what's preferred, but there has to be a variation between the ingredients and circumstances. Again, sort of like a workout. The whole body should be trained evenly, and sex should not always be in the bed, but in other furniture at home or even far outside of it. Capricorn wants to conquer, which means taking the initiatives and pushing forward as if impatient, but still taking measures to prolong the act. It needs to end with the full satisfaction of both participants, or all of them, if more than two, and Capricorn wouldn't mind that terribly. It increases the challenge and the work effort called for, which is what triggers Capricorn the most. After making love, Capricorn really wants to get up and do something else, but has the discipline to remain and cuddle if that's what the partner needs. But to Capricorn, when it's over, it's over. No lingering. On the other hand, it doesn't take long before Capricorn is eager to do it all again, which just as much commitment. And Capricorn is a good learner, um, improving from one time to the next when it comes to serving the partner in the most pleasurable way. It's not done by a fine-tuned sensitivity, but by persistent trial trial and error that works, too. Alright, that was uh, Capricorn sex trait. So, if you're a Capricorn, 
then that was for you you dirty dog you all right moving along oh my god all right so episode 24 we've made it this far surprisingly i'm surprised like that i've made it this far i'm uh proud to say that i've stuck in there even though i've made a lot of terrible episodes and y'all are still fucking listening so good for you i appreciate it um <sighs> let's see. so i got some sexy stories that are gonna make you come your pants or want to make you want to fuck somebody or a pillow or something, whatever you're into. Maybe a hot, warm apple pie or a cantaloupe. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to read some uh, a story and just be careful because uh, you might want to... <coughs> jerk off, which is fine. Um. Yeah. Alright. Here we go. This story is called The Beginning by B. D. Swain. Tell me what you want. Show me what you like. Let me watch you fuck yourself. I want to study you. I want to learn all about you and never stop learning. I used to be the kind of cocky butch dyke who pounced and wanted to have my way, but I've learned to take my time with the new lover. So sit me down right here, strap my ankles to the chair legs, secure my wrists behind my back, leave the lights on bright, make sure I see everything. Sit down in front of me, touch me, show me what interests you. I am bound tightly to the chair. She loosens my tie and runs a fingertip inside my collar. I close my eyes while she focuses on me. I feel her on my shirt buttons. Her fingers drag across my collarbones and up to the stiff muscles in my neck. She pushes my shirt down. My shoulders and slips the tie completely off. I feel her breath hot on my shoulder. Now I feel her lips. Her fingers find the hair under my arms and pull at it, pet it. She nudges me with her nose and tells me I have a sexy scent. I shift a little in my chair. She is so slow in her interrogation, I'm getting impatient for my lessons. She explores me with her mouth while her hands crawl down my back, my shoulder blades. Her tongue pushes into the weight of my breast. I feel her teeth wanting to bite me. I sit up tall. Her fingers dig deep, climbing slowly up my back, over my shoulders, and down my chest. One whole hand covers my breast. She licks me through her fingers. Hurt me, I say. You can be rough. I'll let you know if it's too much. She pinches me hard, harder than I expect. It gets me wet immediately, and I groan in my throat with the pleasure of it. Suddenly her teeth are on my nipple, and the pain is stinging. She grabs at my belt and undoes it. She fumbles with my pants and jerks them down, but suddenly stops. She moves away from me completely, and my hands suddenly strain at being bound. My fingers reach into the air blindly. 
She is behind me now, and her fingers thread through my hair. One hand tugs a little at my ear. She kisses the top of my head and tells me to open my eyes. She leans over me and lets her hands fall. They slide down my chest all the way to my thighs, where she balls up the fabric of my trousers and growls, saying, You almost let me move too quickly. She circles the chair and stands right in front of me. As she unbuttons her blouse, she peels off her bra and tosses it onto my lap. She turns around and bends over, pushing her pants down with her ass teasingly near my face. She is so simply and lovingly unashamed in this bright light. She stands there and lets me take it in. Watching my eyes look at her, I am grateful for her. I am so grateful that I fear I might cry and be misunderstood. She sits on my lap, snapping me back into the moment. She puts a hand on the back of my head and pushes her nipple into my mouth. I open my mouth wide for her. She grips my neck tightly. I freeze. She slowly slides her nipple across my tongue and back again, over and over. I reach my tongue out. She pulls my head and smashes my face onto her breast, and I suck. My mouth is moving on her. I am eager to show her how my tongue moves. Too soon, she backs away again. Her breathing is fast. I can see that glow on her skin. She sits on the bed in front of me, staring. She looks so serious. This is serious. She slides back farther on the bed and relaxes against the sheets. She pulls her knees up. I am staring at her cunt. I feel my breath push my belly in out. I'm nearly panting, the adrenaline building inside me as I take her in. One hand rests low on her belly, just above her pussy. Her other hand is higher, her nipples squeezed between her fingers. I see now that she's already wet. Oh my god, I can see it. She is showing me. She slides her hand between her legs. Her fingers move in jagged circles. At first she's slow and her body is still, but then I see her hips move. I jerk myself forward in my chair. I can't help it. She grabs a long, curved glass dildo. She is circling her clit with one hand. The other hand is pushing the dildo quickly and with a slower pull, pull out. I am learning this. I am feeling my muscles pushing and pulling. I am seeing the angle my head will want to be at with my tongue on her clit when I get to this, get to do this to her. I am desperate to taste her. She pulls faster now. I can see that it's the pull and not the push that excites her. I wonder if she'll ejaculate. I think she will. My ankles and wrists are pulling against these cuffs. I am making noises in my chair. I'm ready for her to set me free, but she isn't going to stop now. I don't want her to stop. She pulls out and a clear stream follows. Oh my god, I say. That is so fucking hot. Her body is still writhing. She hasn't climaxed yet. Watching her like this is incredible. She knows it's sexy, but she has no true idea how powerful this is. You have no idea, I say, stunned and worshipful. I am overwhelmed by her trust, by everything she has given me. One hand pulls the lips of her pussy wide and the other strokes. Her fingers circle the pink, wet lips and trace a path up and around her clitoris. The movement starts slow but quickly builds. Her fingers start to spread, spend more time just below her, kip, her clip. She lifts her hips and I watch her toes reach long. Her jaw hang loose, hangs loose and I can hear her breathing faster. Too quickly, it's over. Her hips jerk, and then she is surfacing and pulling up on her elbows, smiling at me. The lesson ends. She stares at me with a knowing, sweet look in her eyes. 
She sits in my lap, takes my face in her hands, and kisses me. You amaze me, I whisper. She unbuckles my wrists, then my ankles. Let's see what you've learned, she says. This is just the beginning, I say, and I never want it to end. Well, do you got a boner? Are you wet? Why don't you go uh, handle that real quick? We'll take a break. And this is Los Diablos Gordos with In the Alley.
Attention all you ghouls and goblins, pimps and hoes. You are now cordially invited to Cosmic Soup Recordings post-Halloween Extravaganza. The event will take place Sunday, November 7th at Cosmic Soup Recording, located near 24th Street and Thomas in Phoenix, Arizona. There will be food, there will be dancing, there will be cornhole and beer pong tournaments, as well as live podcasts. The 100th episode of the Geo Meatbag Show, as well as Squared Up with Geo and the Cosmic Soup Recording Podcast, live at noon. There will also be live music. There will be performances by the band Squared, Torn at the Seam, Diver, and Team 7. Plus, the world-famous Poppy Lacey will be performing for two hours. So please come to Cosmic Soup Recording's second annual extravaganza. Starts at noon. We'll go until 8 p.m. It's all ages, so bring the little ghouls and goblins. We can't wait to see you there. <laughs> Disclaimer, this is not a Halloween party. Hey, what's up? This is Gio. This is Jeremy. We're from Squared. And you're listening to Naughty, Naughty by, by Natty, Natty baby. baby. You want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Okay. Hey, what's up? This is Gio. And this is Jeremy. We're from Squared. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Naughty, Naughty by Natty, Natty baby. baby. That was good. Cool. Chimps for Chimps recording session is now rolling. Can you hear me in your headphones? Yep. Uh, so how should I do this? Rapid fire. Just uh, give a beat in between each spot. This is Chimpanzee, and I use Natty's patented anal reducer to fix my stretched out butthole every day. Wait, what? Just keep reading. Chimpanzee from Chimps for Champs has erectile dysfunction. And not just a little, like really bad. Shit just doesn't work. Dude, I'm not, I'm not reading this. Fine, just do one for something you actually like then. Got it. Let's get naughty, baby! Every Tuesday, all of us chimps tune into our favorite streaming app to get the newest and naughtiest episode of Naughty by Natty. See you next Tuesday, cunt. Okay, do you feel better? Much. Dr. Pooh's skin mark remover keeps all my under- Fuck this shit. Keep your money and listen to Naughty by Natty every Tuesday. And we are back. How'd your jerking off go? Hmm? If you did it, that's fucking cool. If you didn't, there's always next time. Um, so I'm gonna do the word of the day really quick. And the word is moist. And a lot of people don't <laughs> really like this word. It's a very, uh, it could be a trigger for some people. Like some people just fucking hate this word. Um, but so <laughs> we all know, like when we're talking about moist, you think of what? What do, would you think of? when something is moist what's the first thing that comes to your mind i'll wait pussy exactly so that or a nice moist cake but yeah pussy and cake it's like the same thing nice and uh, yum and scrumptious and delicious right guys and girls whoever likes pussy all right so uh 
The word moist means slightly wet, damp, or humid. I'm just giving you guys the definition. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's see. Let's, what's the cinnamon for moist? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> uh, damp, dank, humid, and wet. Some dank, moist pussy. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Alright. So you guys want to know what the most hated word in the English language is? Can you guess? It's a word I used to say all the time when I was 12 and my mom hated it. Here it is, guys. Most hated word is whatever. Whatever. So yeah, um, people just don't like that fucking word. Apparently, it's the most hated word. That was a fun fact. So if you didn't know that, now you know. If you don't know, no, you know, you know. And if you don't know that song, then you're living under a fucking rock. All right, let's read like a. A fucking over-the-top story. And this one's pretty over-the-fucking-top. Um, so brace yourself, guys. We went from sexy jerk-off story to... Here we go. You, you be the judge of this one. Alright? Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Baby Love by Kristen Clifford. Before I became a mother, I believed that motherhood would change me. My maternal instinct would smooth me, balance me, make me patient, give me a nurturing generosity. I'd become a better person, but I wouldn't lose myself. I'd breastfeed exclusively, but still find time to write. I'd make homemade baby food, but still fuck. I had it all figured out. So yeah, I'm sure, you know, that's what everyone thinks. <laughs> I bought all the new books on mothering that I read about in the New York Times and the New Yorker. Bitch in the House, The Mask of Motherhood, The Myth of Motherhood, The Price of Motherhood, A Life's Work, Fresh Milk, and a book a friend recommended, Fermentation. The only erotic novel I could find that featured a pregnant woman. But no one else's narrative could prepare me to the next stage of my sexuality. People have always people always tell you that becoming a parent will change everything. But what I didn't count on was it wouldn't change me. The problem is that I'm still the same person. A sex-obsessed neurotic facing a new reality. My husband and I love our son more than we love each other. It's like being in a permanent threesome. The kind where one person, not you, gets all the attention. How do I summarize my sex life before the baby? Well, I had one. I lost my virginity at 15. Had four partners by the time I was 17. I considered myself pansexual. Theoretically, as open to getting turned on by a coffee table as a person. I had boyfriends and a few girlfriends. Some serial monogamy with lots of fucking around in between. I revealed in being provocative, fueled by alcohol. I instigated group sex at parties. I tried everything I could think of. 
oral, anal, BDSM, and beyond. I confused sex with love most of the time, and sometimes that was okay, and sometimes it wasn't. I met Ken when I was 25, and he was 34. What we had was probably typical. In the beginning, it was all love and lust. Fucking in bathrooms and trains, dancing all night, having sex all day, experimenting madly, and feeling like we couldn't get enough of each other. Eventually, of course, we did get enough of each other and slowed down. On weekend mornings, we did nothing but fuck and eat and read the paper. Then weekend mornings became more and more about reading the paper. When I hit 30, we decided we were ready for a baby. Sex without birth control was hot. I hadn't fucked without a condom since I was 18, and the skin-on-skin friction was arousing. But so was the idea of sex as an extension of humanity, of something bigger than just us. I had one of those dream pregnancies. I exercised every day, felt great, and looked fabulous. It suited me, and I I reveled in it. I had new tits that I absolutely adored. A certain type of man paid me a lot of attention. The hormones were like being on E all the time. My husband and I had sex every day. At parties, I listened politely to the horror stories of couples who didn't have sex for four months after the babies were born and was privately dismissive. That'll never happen to us. But we were, in fact, just like everyone else. Our sex life went down the toilet right away. It started with the birth, which didn't go as planned. Felix was premature, so I had him in a hospital with labor-inducing drugs, not in a hot tub with the midwife. Still, I refused painkillers because I had this fantasy that I was going to be a rock star in there. I wasn't. I was in a diabolical pain and shat everywhere, including standing up on the bed while barking at the nurse. No, I am not having the baby. I'm just taking a shit. Put something underneath me now. The worst part, I ripped open, requiring more than 20 stitches. I'd never had stitches anywhere before, had never broken a bone. It was quite a shock to be injured, and to be injured there. When I finally got the courage to look, it was a huge relief to see that my clitoris was still there, and in the same place. But, I discovered a a womb with a view. The rumblings I had heard from women, not in complete sentences even, just mumblings of never the same again. This is what they were talking about. A swollen mass of red flesh, a gaping hole where tightness had been. I swear I could see my cervix. I felt disfigured and damaged. I didn't cry, I shook. This isn't happening, I thought. No one must know. I blocked any thought or feeling below my waist, wore cleavage revealing clothing, encasing my milky breasts in lack in black lace bras under ripped open tank tops. I became obsessed with Kegel exercises. Eventually I fell around and masturbated tentatively. As I became aroused, my breast squirted milk. That was cool. I felt like a teenage boy trying to see how far he could shoot. When I told this to one of my mommy friends, she said, you should try masturbating while breastfeeding. It's amazing. I didn't want to miss out. I went home, got out my mini massager, and settled into the glider rocking chair with Felix at my breast. Then the doorbell rang. It was the FedEx man. I buzzed him in, but he couldn't get through the second door, which sticks. So I went to the door in my bra and yoga pants and signed for the envelope with Felix still nursing. When the FedEx man turned to leave, I realized I had still had the vibrator in my hand, not my keys, and the second door had closed behind me. I was now stuck in the vestibule with a vibrator and a baby. 
I rang the bells to my neighbor's apartment and no one answered. I started to cry hysterically. It was sleeting and below zero and I'm barefoot and practically naked with an infant and where can I go like that and what the fuck was I doing anyway? Only a sick person tries to masturbate with the baby for God's sake and I'm locked out of the house and everyone will know what I was doing and... Noticing my distress, the FedEx man rang the bell at the house next door. My neighbor, a blue-collar father of three, fond of reviving his motorcycle at 8 in the morning, waved me over. I hid the vibrator under the rug and ran. He settled us on his couch with a blanket and asked if my kitchen window was locked. I whimpered, no, and he went to break into my apartment. I looked at his kids, Crayola drawings, and hoped he didn't find the vibrator or worse yet, step on it and break it. He came back with one of my coats and asked if I wanted to finish feeding. I mumbled, no thank you, thank you, still crying, I ran home. Retrieved the dastardly vibrator, threw it in the back of my drawer, and fed Felix tenderly from the other breast, apologizing to him the whole time. I vowed never to masturbate again. But an hour later, I was already thinking how hot that was of my neighbor, taking control and saving me all night in shining armor like when I was so vulnerable. That incident crystallized the whole Madonna whore thing, the feeling that, as a mother, I wasn't allowed to be sexual. My black bras and obvious cleavage were meant to counteract that notion, and they may have fooled other people, but I couldn't trick myself into feeling sexual or even sexy. I desperately wanted to subvert the image, but I was just like everyone else. When Felix was two months old, I decided that my husband and I absolutely had to have sex. I didn't feel like it, but I was so paranoid about us losing our sex life that I started something. We fooled around on the couch while Felix took a nap in the bedroom. I was terrified that it would hurt, that I wouldn't get turned on, that I wouldn't be able to come, and that it just wouldn't work. I was scared that he was so turned off by seeing a baby come out that he wouldn't want to go in, and he didn't. He found my clitoris and stayed there. We had a gentle session of mutual masturbation and regained some sense of intimacy. But still no intercourse. Despite my doctor's reassurance that I was healing well, I had convinced myself that sex would be unbearably painful. At the suggestion of my shrink, I gave myself a sex hour while the baby napped. The idea was to experience the pain I anticipated by myself so I would know what to expect. While Felix gurgled in my arms, I got everything out and ready to go. I put a towel on my rocking chair on the coffee table. I lined up two dildos, a butt plug, some lesbian porn, three vibrators, and two bottles of lube. I was nothing if not prepared. As soon as Felix was asleep and situated in his crib, I put in Les Friends, but the close-ups just made me think of changing diapers. I used a lot of lubricant and inserted the narrowest dildo carefully. It didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. I was determined to get turned on, and when I did, it felt like I was happening. it was happening to someone else. I came, but not in that supercalifragilistic Prince song sex relief way that I used to. My orgasm was almost in spite of itself. At a yoga class a few weeks later, I felt my muscles, my bones, my skin for the first time in months. I realized that I literally don't feel my body anymore. Before I gave birth, every bump and bruise would send me to the chiropractor. Now I was sure my back was screwed up from hunching while nursing and carrying car seats and strollers. But I didn't even notice. My body was no longer mine. I knew that one, that no one has sex for months after having a baby, except teenagers, my doctor told me. 
I knew most of my mommy friends weren't having sex. Felix demanded my attention day and night, so why was I obsessing over it? I had used sex to fill every possible hole in my life up until the day I gave birth. Actually, even on the day I gave birth. I gave Ken a blowjob right before we left to go to the hospital. Now I didn't have any room left. I was full of Felix. The constant motion of early motherhood actually decreased my neurosis. I didn't have the time to worry about myself, sick by cataloging my humiliations. I was doing something important, keeping this tiny human alive with milk from my breasts. My body was doing what it was meant to do. I didn't need an orgasm to slam me out, slam me out of myself. Still, I miss my husband. One night in bed, I said, I think you need a non-sexual tour of the region so that when we do have sex again, you know what you're getting into. Literally. I spread my legs and directed the reading light between them. I opened my sex with my fingers and showed Ken the ridge of the scar tissue that stretched diagonally from the right side of my vagina to the left side of my anus. I took his hand so he could feel the area just inside the right wall of the vagina. This still hurts. That great move you have, we will have to wait. He was tentative. I saw a baby come out of there, he said. It's not for fun anymore. It was understandable that I didn't want to have sex, but wasn't he supposed to? My mommy friends were starting to complain about their husband's libidos. Uh, Giselle told me she kept Ernesto happy by giving him a blowjob every day. Or every three days, I knew that Ken was as busy as I was, as tired and cranky and in shock at being a father and responsible for our little family. But I hated feeling so in undesirable. I hated that even talking about sex was suddenly uncomfortable. Seven months after Felix was born, the three of us came home from an afternoon walk. With Felix still asleep in his stroller, I said, How about we take a chance? He'll stay asleep. We were both tentative. Ken undressed and got into bed while I went to the bathroom. I didn't want him to see my body, so I took off my jeans and socks, then got into bed and slipped off my underwear, t-shirt, and bra. We didn't look at each other, just hugged hard and tight for a long time, then loosened up and kissed. I took his ass in my hands and noticed it was softer. I was glad that I wasn't the only one who was out of shape. I had forgotten that just the feeling of his cock in my hand could turn me on. He put his hand on me, opened me, found the wetness inside, rubbed my clitoris until I told him to fuck me. He put on a condom and entered me gently. Missionary position. I would have preferred the heat of his penis, but there was no way I was going to have sex without birth control. I kept asking him to look at me. I wanted not to be invisible. It was a little uncomfortable, but not the body-racking pain that I expected. I relaxed into the pleasure of being fucked. After a while, he came, looking in my eyes, then lay next to me and used his hand to get me off. Afterward, I asked the million-dollar question. Does it feel different inside? Not really, maybe a little. To tell you the truth, it's been so long. We laughed. I realized I missed the afterwards as much as the sex, the hormone high, the smell. After that night, we had sex every week or two for a few months, then it dwindled away again. Felix grew, he needed more, I had less. Our romantic little family was actually a small corporation. We were really tired. Familiarity breeds con contempt. Resentment builds upon resentment. We lost our humor. I love my son more than I love my husband. I didn't come to this realization. It was just there one day. 
and it always had been there, from the day Felix was born. I know Felix's body better than I know my own. Right now, his ear is exactly as long as my middle finger, from knuckle to tip. He has a patch of dry skin on his left shin. His fingers still splay like a starfish, hot against my skin. I lean in too close. I want to get a whiff of his breath when I read him a book. I serpentously press my lips to his hair over and over, very lightly so he won't notice, and bat my hand away. He knows I'm too into him. When I feed him, he pushes my face away. He wants the breast and the milk, not the mother. I'm terrified he'll grow up to be one of those boys in high school who only look at women's breasts, not their faces. I worry that I will be jealous of his girlfriends. I never thought I'd be the type to try to create a mama's boy, but I have a weak character. Sometimes I'm afraid I go too far. I linger a little too long when I look at his little dimpled ass. I enjoy it too much when I put lotion on after his bath. I know everybody loves a naked baby. I know children are inherently sexual. I know it's normal to be turned on by your infant. One fatherhood book has a sidebar that tells new dads not to get freaked out if they get a hard-on. But this is tricky territory. It is wrong to encourage him to touch himself during his few diaper-free minutes. Is it okay to think of my baby when I masturbate? Is that just a manifestation of his all-consumingness? Babies are like a gas. They expand to fit all available space. But I worry that I'll subtly cross the line, that the sexuality I share with Felix will fuck him up. My parents never talk to me about sex. My son may have the opposite problem in my mind. I can fuzzily see the progression from innocent play to abuse. They are little. They are yours. You forget that they have their own wants and needs. You think you can do anything with them, for them, to them. I would never abuse my child, but I understand a little those who do. Sometimes when Felix takes his nap, I get out the Hitachi. I don't think my think about my husband, nor do I think about Johnny Knoxville or that butch dyke at the coffee shop, or being taken from behind by a faceless stranger. For after the baby was born, I imagined mothers licking my wounds. Now I think about other men who are fathers. Sexy men, new men, but fathers. Tackily enough, my friends' husbands, they would understand the leaking breasts, the extra pounds around the hips, the moodiness. But always, my thoughts turn to Felix. I have a hard time con concentrating on my clitoris, even with all that roaring power on it. I start thinking of when his next doctor's appointment is, or how cute it is that yellow and, s and sausage are his first multi-syllabic uh, multi words for someone who... <coughs> Uh, for someone who has, for better or worse, gotten strength and power from being desired, I am now operating unsuccessfully in two parallel universes. On one hand, I have never been so desired in my life. Felix ravages my breasts as no one else ever has. It's not sexual hunger, it's actual hunger. Even now at a year and a half, he runs from across the room at the n sight of them tackles me onto the floor couch, climbs up my body until he's within reach, then draws back and takes a good look, grins and goes in for the attack. People always say of breastfeeding, it's sensual, not sexual, but it is sexual. He nuzzles and paws at me, grunts, throws his head from side to side as he latches on. 
His pink mouth warm on my nipple. He tries to get as much as he can into his mouth as his whole body burrows into me. His little heels digging into my thighs and still soft belly. He needs the breast. He's nursing from with his hand to get more milk and uses his free hand to tweak, twist and pull on my other nipple. I wonder if he's holding on to it protectively so no one else can get it. Who would give up being desired like that? Not me, because the opposite universe is the one in which no one wants me. I'm a mother. I have little to no value to the outside world. In keeping with our Felix-centered life, two months ago, my husband and I invited 32 babies and their parents to a Valentine's baby brunch. We bought cases of cheap champagne, and the parents we know from yoga and work in the playground ate quiche and bagels, got drunk, and pretended it was a kid's party. I started drinking at 2. By 9.30, after the last guest left, I slurred to Ken. I love Felix more than I love you. It was the first time I'd say it out loud, I continued. And you love Felix more than you love me. What's up with that? I want you to love me more than you love him, but I still want it to be okay for me to love him more than you. Despite my drunkenness, he was patient. It's different, that's all, he said. It's a different kind of love. It doesn't matter, I said, then passed out. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. My husband and I are fully in the cult of the kid. Our culture now rewards long-term breastfeeding and spending $800 on a stroller. We are supposed to sacrifice everything for our children, certainly sex, even romance. But I want to have a romantic life with my husband. I don't want to wake up when Felix is in school or going off to college and not know who Ken is. I want to be a model of erotic love for Felix to learn from. I'd like to be able to say that my... By applying the golden rule of threesomes, play with everyone and take turns. I could come to some reckoning, but I can't. I can't resolve my sexuality changing, nor the replacement of my erotic longing onto my son, nor my worries about psychologically damaging him. My husband's, my husband gamely says, it's okay, it's just all about you two for now. I try out the long view and understand that this is just a phase. I will stop breastfeeding Felix eventually. He'll get older and more independent. Our physical attachment will decrease. He will probably not turn into an axe murderer as a result. I'm not sure where that leaves Ken and me. Maybe we'll wind up scheduling sex like the advice columns tell us, tell you to. It sounds more business-like than bold. But as I recall, a menage a trois is difficult to negotiate. All those jangling limbs and sensitive egos, desires and expectations clashing up against one another. All that excitement and disappointment keeping each other in check. The end. Well, well, well. Did that story make you uncomfortable at all? In any way? A little odd, you know? Um, I personally have not ever felt that way about my children, like she explained, like, you know, her thoughts on all that stuff. Excuse me. But, you know, there's many of different types of motherfucking people out there, and yeah. As long as the bitch ain't fucking molesting her child, then think all you want. Alright. 
Oh, gosh. Ooh, stretch. Take another quick uh, song break. And this is Bleach Party USA. <laughs> chronic uncontrollable itching has been reported it's naughty by natty baby it's naughty by natty baby it's naughty by natty baby it's naughty by natty it's naughty by natty baby 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 it's naughty by Natty Baby. It's naughty by Natty Baby. Naughty by Natty Baby. It's naughty by Natty Baby. All right, guys, and we're back, and that was Bleach Party USA. Um, so position of the day is the Ram. So this is the part of the podcast where you're going to try this on somebody um, and (laughs) see what happens. And if you're brave enough, share the experience on the podcast. All right. The Ram. When attacking from behind, you start ramming her head against the wall in a rhythmic motion. The force of the wall should allow for deeper penetration. Very handy in those lulls in penile sensitivity. So that was the ram, guys. Give it a try. And if somebody fucking beats your ass because of it, I want to know about it. Because you're fucking dumb for doing something like that. Ay, ay, ay. All right. But you never know. You might get some uh, girl who wants her head fucking rammed into the wall. Or a dude. You never know. So, 
<laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, yeah. Alright, guys. Um. Giveaway is almost here. We're super close. I do believe we're about. Um. Let's see, about 30 something. 30 odd people away from the giveaway being done. If I can fucking find this shit. Here we go. Let's see. We're at 469. So we need about 31 more members to join the Naughty by Natty crew. And, um,. That, once that happens, when we get to 500, we're going to be doing the giveaway, and you're going to get lots of local band, um, Arizona locals, and a few other from around, um, the United States, and the UK, actually, too. So not just the United States, but all small time bands, nothing big. Um, everyone needs love and support, so, Yeah. Keep sharing and inviting all these lovely motherfuckers to listen to me fuck their ear holes with my mouth. So, yeah. Um. So, I asked a question on the Naughty by Natty Crew Facebook, um, group page. Um. The question was, give me a sexual word or term to use for episode 24, which is this episode, if you weren't fucking paying attention to the beginning. Um, so I got a lot of shit. So I'm gonna just start from the top and go down. And this one is, um, pro bone. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Prone bone, I think. Hold on. Did I just say that wrong? Probably. <sighs> yeah, prone bone. Alright. So, if you guys don't know what prone bone is, you actually can, like, go into Pornhub if that's, like, your go-to porn site unless you have a different one um you can go in there and actually search prone bone and you can find lots of videos um so <laughs> if you want to do that go right ahead then you can see it in action on your fucking phone or tablet or laptop or TV or wherever you like to watch porn. Grandma's fucking basement. So prone bone is the sex position in which the girl is laying flat. Emphasis on laying completely flat on her belly with penis entry from behind. This position often enables the female to work the muscles in the region, resulting most likely 
in an over-pleasurable time for the man involved, thus causing premature ejaculation. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you haven't tried it, I suggest you try it because it's not that bad a position, but the only thing that sucks about that position, I've tried it before, is you gotta get like the right angle because the dick could slip out and um, you may have very wet sheets. So unless you don't mind washing those sheets or if you do mind, put a towel down and yeah, just do it. Um, and then <laughs> there's another, like, this is from the Urban Dictionary, by the way. Then there's another uh, word, it says prone to bone. Describes a person that looks attractive, somebody with whom one would like to have sexual intercourse. Um, example, I don't care if she's 52 years old, Cheryl Crow is prone to bone. Jeremy, that one's for you. I feel like that's your prone to bone. That's your word. <laughs> I don't know. I figured because the whole corn, you like the corn thing. So now you can say that someone's prone to bone. All right. And then another one is proned and boned. When you have a rock hard boner and then you fall forward and it crushes your dick, <laughs> causing extreme discomfort and possible suicide. Example, I went to the hospital because I proned and boned. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah. What else do they got on here? Damn! Um, bone prone. One of the most underrated sex positions that exists today. It requires a female... Okay, this kind of goes with the one from before. It requires a female to lie completely flat on her stomach while the man on top straddles himself over her butt cheeks. This allows the male... Pin her down while he pumps his way into heaven. And then here's like a little fucking random story that somebody put on this urban dictionary to go with bone prone. Clyde. Hey, you know that brunette girl Veronica from the bars last night? <laughs> Are they talking about me? Shit. She told me she loves anal, so I brought her back to my place and proceeded to pound her poop shoot with my throb knob, bone prone style. The sight of her gorgeous dumper being penetrated while I vice gripped her hair made me powerless to go any longer. I pulled out, clenched my cock with the intensity of a thousand suns, and shot my ball snot all over her gaping brown eyes. Mike. Be right back. I'm gonna go jerk off now. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, shit. Damn, how many definitions are there? Okay, here's another bone prone. 
Something that is easily boneable, fuckable, or is something you can be used to replace female genitalia to get off. Example. Dude, check out that veal in the fridge. Oh man, totally bone prone. That goes back to what I was saying before, the warm apple pie or the cantaloupe. Or like couch cushions or, yeah, whatever you use. I don't know, like a stuffed animal with a hole in it. That's bone prone, y'all. So that was pretty fun. Thank you who uh, suggested that on uh, The Naughty by Natty Crew. Um, so next week, we will be talking about Bukaki. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta write that down. Bro, or <laughs> prone bone. Plus more. <laughs> With all the, the bones and the prones. Anyways, guys. Um, I think that is gonna be fucking it for tonight. Um, I am fucking just, I got stuff to do. I gotta go hang out with my kid. So I'm gonna cut this one short, guys. And let's end the podcast with squared and cold shoulder will be the song. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening. And once again, I'm interrupting. Um, because that's what I do. But yeah, um, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Keep listening. Subscribe. Well, don't, I don't know if you can subscribe, but fucking follow my shit, listen to my shit, share it, you know, all that shit. Um, but yeah, last song, Cold Shoulder by Squared. She only wants to feel wanted. She only wants to feel something. She only wants to feel loved on her, cheated on, taking out her beat up on anything so she can feel something. She only wants to feel wanted.
she left overnight With no goodbyes or so longs She didn't know what it was But all she knows is she's found She left it to the dust Without making a sound She only wants to feel wanted Son, where'd you find this? If you're looking for any audio recording or you'd like to record your own podcast, please visit Cosmic Soup Recording, where you can turn your ideas into reality. Whether you're looking to record one song or a whole album, Cosmic Soup Recording will fit any budget. For more information, visit CosmicSoupRecording.com or call or text at 480-331-7687. That's 480-331-SOUP. Also available on all social media. Cosmic Soup Recording is located in Phoenix, Arizona, near 24th Street and Thomas. Call now for a free quote or to book your session today. Hey everybody, it's Gio from the Gio and Meatbag Show, and holy shit, I got some news for you. We are about to hit, drum roll please, 100 fucking episodes of the Gio and Meatbag Show. Holy shit. And you know what? The word around town is we're going to be doing it live from Cosmic Soup Recording, so you do not want to miss this one. Ladies and gentlemen, like, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, then resubscribe if you've already subscribed. I don't give a shit. Episode 100! Fucking behind me, Mitchell! Episode number 100! 100 episodes! When I get a serious craving for something I want to eat, I need some cheese. Tomatoes and olives and maybe even some meat I need some pizza, 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 pizza Every time I want that pizza, 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 pizza I go to David's Pizza David's Pizza, 209-477-2677 Pizza